بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فحياكم الله جميعا وبارك الله فيكم الحمد لله we find ourselves in the third lesson of our sittings going through Al-Qawaid Al-Arba by Shaykh Al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab Rahimahullah and with this we um, just wanted to just go over some of the things we mentioned last week by way of the text so the Shaykh began with the Basmala and he began with the Basmala, why? Why? And what is this in accordance with? <laughs> now first of all in accordance with the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah because you find that the Messenger of Allah will begin his writings with the Basmala or when it was written on his behalf, we begin with the Basmala also in accordance with what? Now, the Quran. That every surah besides Surah Tawbah begins with the Basmala. Now, thereafter, the Shaykh began with, he goes, he goes on to mention a dua, Alam, Arshadakallah, Naam, Ita'ati. And you know, may Allah guide you to his. Uh, obedience mm-hmm. or before that rather he mentioned the dua na as'alullah kareem rabbul arshil adeem an yaj'alaka wa baraka ayna ma kunt wa an yaj'alaka minman idha u'tiya shakra idha abtuliya sabra wa idha adnaba sabfara inna ha'ulai thalafan wa'ana sa'ada so he begins by mentioning making the dua and supplicating for who? Who's the supplication for? For the reader. Who else? The student. Who else? Who else? The dua. Generally, this is the dua for anyone that comes across the text. So anyone that comes across the text, anyone that listens into the text. So whether it be the talib actively in the dars, the talib listening in to the dars, it's a dua for all. And what is this in, in indication of the, the sheikh making this dua? What's the indication of? He wants good for now. He wants good for the talib and and so this is an indication of the relationship between the sheikh and the talib, the sheikh and his student. I hear that the sheikh and his student. This is a relationship not which is as referred to as transactional. Naam, where we just say that he just gives the dars leaves. No, rather, his intent, and that what he wants from them, is that the person uh, benefits from that. And may take something from that, may, that may be a means of his blessing or his guidance to, to uh, that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam, then we mentioned free affairs. Now we mentioned free affairs. Or the Sheikh Islam, Muhammad Abdul Hab, Rahman, mentioned three affairs. And these three affairs were derived from the speech of who? 
ابن القيم نعم نقول ابن القيم ماشي ده ده فاز بحفنس اه هعمل فري انا هو هو فري فينز ابن القيم ماشي فري افاز بحفنس توحيد which opposes shirk نعم توحيد سنه which opposes bid'ah and طاعه obedience which opposes many disobedience معصيه نعم جيد and this was the speech that we mentioned in relation to this into that, into that introduction. Likewise as well, we mentioned as well the the text itself Nifalafatul Usul. The Falafatul Usul or Qa'ad Arba is an extension of Falafatul Usul. They were printed together. Naam so Qa'ad Arba and Falafatul Usul were printed together as one book. Naam. And then when they uh, when Ahlul uh, Ilm was by way of teaching it and going through it Recognize the benefit of Qawal Arba by itself in the Istiqlal independently, then they printed it separately. And so that's why you go through these books and they're separate books. Now, um, also just going back one step as well, what, what are some of the reasons, or oh, we mentioned two reasons why this book is studied? Uh, more or less, so now, so anyone that wants that needs to, wants to understand religion of the Muslims, and likewise the religion of the Mushrikeen in its totality, then they must understand a text such as this, now, in order to have the full understanding of the Etikad of the Muslims, and we mentioned the principle as well. You remember what the principle is in Arabic. It's good if you saw in English, labas. Yeah, the the options come clear. So min, the principle being min tamami ma'arifati shay, ma'arifatu diddihi. Yani, so in order to have a clear and concise understanding of something, you must understand what opposes it as well. So a person to fully understand tawheed, they need to understand the affair of shirk. To fully understand yani sunnah, they have to understand what opposes it, opposes it a bid'ah. This is how you fully understand something. Now, the other reason as well why we go through this text is that this is a text that no student of knowledge can say that they are sufficed of. And so this is a text which is needed for every student of knowledge to go through in order for him to have a, a, a grounded understanding and a, ground, a rounded uh, understanding in terms of grounding himself in beneficial knowledge. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Tell you. Thereafter, we have our, our lesson today, which is the second part of, or the next part of the introduction, <coughs> where Shaykh al Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, he goes on to say, Alam, li al Hanifiyya Ibrahim, and Allah, Now, 
And so, first and foremost, he begins this part of the introduction with the word Alam. Alam is the Fil Amr and is used to bring attention to that which follows it. Right, so when he states no, then the intent is to bring to the attention that which follows it. Thereafter, he mentions Arshadakullah Lita'ati. Hada dua min Sheikh. This is the dua of the Sheikh. وَهَكَذَا يَنْبَغِ لِلْمُعَلِّمِ أَنْ يَدْعُ لِلْمُتَعَلِّمِ And like I just what we mentioned uh, last week That this is what is befitting of the of the alim And the teacher, the mu'allim Is that he makes dua for the mu'allim He makes dua for his student This is something which is befitting وَطَاعَ نَعَمْ وَطَاعَةُ اللَّهِ مَعْنَاهَا اِمْتِثَالَ أَوَامِرْ وَاشْتِنَابْنَ وَاهِي so what we understand from ta'a, the word ta'a, yani obedience, then obedience in its meaning is adhering to the commands of Allah and avoiding and staying away from the uh, avoiding and staying away from the prohibitions. Naam. And so this is the affair of rushd. Guidance. May Allah guide you to that which is that of obedience. And Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah mentions in relation to the affair of Rushd. Rushd huwa al-ilm bima yanfa' wa amal bihi. So al-Rushd is ilm. Ibn Qayyim mentions al-Rushd is ilm, meaning knowledge. Of that which benefits you and then acting upon it. And thereafter, Sheikh Abdul Bukhari he mentions yani, a difference, yani, uh, uh, he mentions a, a distinction between Al Huda and Al Rushd. If you refer to the Huda, or if you should translate Huda, what do you translate Huda to? What do you say Huda is? Guidance. What do you translate Rushd to? We just try that word rush. What did you say? In English, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. guidance. Naam. but essentially, of course, it has to be different, and it has to be a distinction between the two. So we can't say it's guidance and guidance. So sometimes you find in in the words of the Arabic words and terminologies, when they're translated, they're translated to the same word, <laughs> but in terms of its ta'rif uh, and its ma'ana, its meaning, there's a clear distinction between the two. And so Sheikh mentioned the difference in the huda. So the huda is the knowledge of the truth. Naam. Warrushd. Amal bihi. Naam. So the huda is the ilm. Is the knowledge of the truth. Whilst the rushd is the action upon that knowledge. Naam. The rush is the action upon that knowledge. And so thus, this is why you find, as we mentioned previously, Ibn Qayyim mentioning it at rush as one thing. And you have a knowledge of the truth, then acted upon it. In order for it to be a rushed, it has to be the action upon it. Naam. And the opposite of that, the opposite of uh, huda or rushed is al-ghayt. 
And this is really Amos misguidance. And this is Ittiba al Hawa. The following desires. Naam. And the reality of the Huda wa Rushd as well is that if they are mentioned together, then they carry the same meaning. If they're mentioned together, they carry the separate meanings. If they're mentioned separately, then they carry the exact same meaning that is generally guidance. Naam. Does that make sense? Jeremy. And so. Thereafter, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, he wants to say, Allah al-Halifiyya, Millet Ibrahim. Allah jalla wa ala, amara nabiyyina bi'attiba'i Millet Ibrahim. Faqal, thumma awhayna ilayka an i'taba'a Millet Ibrahim hanifa. Wa ma kana minna mushukin. Thumma awhayna ilayka an i'taba'a. أن أتبع ملة إبراهيم حنيفة وما كان من المشركين. and thus we have then we thus we have revealed to you to follow the ملة إبراهيم the original إبراهيم and حنيفة and he was not وما كان من المشركين not from the مشركين and الحنيفية is the ملة of الحنيف is the original of Al-Hanif. Al-Hanif, well, that is Ibrahim. And Al-Hanif is Al-Muqbil Al-Allah Al-Mu'rid Amma Siwa. So the Hanif is the one that is accepting of Allah and comes in, and comes in accepting of Allah whilst rejecting anything other than Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Hanif. And the word Al-Hanif is taken from the word Al-Hinf. So the word Al-Hinf is the one that turns away from Dalal ila Huda. And no doubt, the one, the one that is Hanif is the one that turns away from Shirk towards Tawheed. قصداً أن الله عمر عباده عمر عبده النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نعم التوحيد and so we understand that the one that is حنيف and upon the military Ibrahim he turns away from shirk and goes towards توحيد with the intent of fulfilling the command of Allah of worshiping alone and so uh, Sheikh Fawzan goes on to mention Al-Hanif is Muqbil Al-Allah Bi-Qalbi Wa-Amali Wa-Niyati Wa-Maqasidi Kullaha Lillah Al-Mu'rid Amma Siwa And so the Muqbil Al-Allah Al-Hanif is the one that is accepted of Allah SWT Naam But with his heart, his action His intents All of that is for Allah SWT And he rejects everything other than him وَاللَّهُ عَمْرَنَا بِاعْتِبَاءِ مِلَّةِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ بِاعْتِبَاءِ مِلَّةِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ نعم 
as Allah Ta'ala mentions, وَمَا جَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مِنْ حَرَجٍ مِلَّةَ يَبِيكُمْ إِبْرَاهِيمٌ And no hardship and difficulties placed upon you by way of your deen. I follow your deen. The religion of your father, Ibrahim. وَمِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمٌ أَنْ تَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِسًا لَحُدِّينَ And the Ibrahim, the religion of Ibrahim is to worship Allah sincerely for him in the deen. To worship Allah sincerely for him in the deen. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely for him in the deen. And Allah ta'ala has commanded us with the itibah of the military Ibrahim. He's commanded us with the... Um, following the military Ibrahim, the original Ibrahim. And Naam. Upon us is the affair of Ibadah. And the command of Ibadah is understood to be Amwakas. So when it mentions Milat Ibrahim and Ta'budullah Mukhis and Lahuddin in it worship Allah Sincerely for him in deen. Aye, this affair of ibadah is of two types. You have ibadah which is am, ibadah which is khas. And you have ibadah which is general, and ibadah which is specific. What does anyone think that ibadah which is general is referring to? Would you say ibadah generally? What do we mean by that? So here in general, that's one aspect now. That's an example of it. It's another example. But what do you mean by by the ibad in general? General that is obligated. How? Obligated how? How's it how do you how's it how do you know it's obligation? From? The Nusus now. So Ibadah generally is what has been oblig- obligated upon us by way of the Al Sina to Rusul. What has come upon us and what has been obligated upon us upon the tongues of the messengers that preceded. Now this is Ibadah generally. What we've been commanded with by way of the Al Sina of the Rusul, the tongues of the messengers. This is Ibadah yani generally. Wakas specifically. Ibadah was said specifically now. Not necessarily that. Let me include something that uh, was mentioned by Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. Wait, yes. Now, Father? Now. So that is an Islam Jabba. So that the in in um to to uh ibadah rather specifically. The ibadah is Ism Jamin, the Kulima Yuhibbahullah or Yarda when Akwala Afab Dahir al Batina. So it's a comprehensive term. So ibadah specifically, a specific definition, 
is a comprehensive term for everything that Allah Ta'ala loves and is pleased with from speech and actions whether it be apparent or hidden Naam, this is ibadah specifically in terms of its, its uh, definition generally ibadah is that we do we, that which we've been commanded with upon the tongues of the prophets and messengers that's general specifically is that it's every, everything that Allah Ta'ala loves and is pleased with from speech and action Naam, whether it be apparent or hidden Naam. and Shaykh al-Islam mentions these kawaid in Ubudiyah mentions about 25 kawaid principles in Ubudiyah in relation to ibadah itself along with that Ibn Qayyim mentions as well uh, yeah, the, the, the ahkam al Ubudiyah the, the, the rulings in terms of ibadah something that we discussed in the rules that are present in a shurut salah lesson that we mentioned that the ahkam or five when it comes to ibadah naam wajib mustahab mubah makruh and haram طيب thereafter mentions mukhlisun lahuddin yani mukhlisun lahuddin yani tajtanib ash-shirk li'anna al-ibadah idha khalatah ash-shirk batalat yani mukhlisun lahuddin that the person stays away and avoids shirk why? Because ibadah, if it's mixed, if you find that it's mixed with it, shirk, then it nullifies it. For that to call ibadah, illa idha kanat salimatan min shirk al akbar wa askar. And ibadah cannot re- truly be regarded as being an ibadah unless it is free from shirk, whether it be the major form of shirk or the minor. Now. And so, the one that is mukhlis, the one that is uh, sincere, then of course his actions are free of riyah, yani showing off or sum'ah, doing the action so it can be said that he's done an action and others are aware of his actions that he's doing. Naam. So, it's a must that a person's ibadah is pure. And for the sake of Allah. For Allah Ta'ala created the creation for His worship. Allah Ta'ala states, And they were not commanded except to worship Allah sincerely for Him in the deen, Hunafa, upon the original Ibrahim, Hanifiya. وَمُخْلِسِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ and he is مُخْلِس لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَهَذِ الْعِبَادَةِ أَمْرُ اللَّهَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ بِهَا جَمِيعًا الْخَلْقِ كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَإِنْسَ إِلَى لِيَأْبُدُونَ and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded all of the creation with this form of ibadah نعم all the creation with this ibadah by way of his statement and I have not created the jinn or the mankind except to worship me alone. And Allah Ta'ala 
يعبدون الله عز وجل مخلصين له الدين. And so the word the meaning of يعبدون I that they sing meaning Allah alone yes Allah Taala out alone in ibadah. And so the hikmah behind the creation of the creating and creation is that they worship Allah عز وجل sincerely for Him in the Deen and they abide by this affair of worshiping Allah. Now, فَالَّذِي يَعْبُدْ غَيْرَ اللَّهِ مُخَالِفْ لِحِكْمَةِ مِنْ خَلَقِ الْخَلَقِ الْخَلَقِ وَمُخَالِفْ لِعَمَلِ وَشَرَقِ And so as for the one that worships other than Allah, then he is opposed the hikmah, the, the true reason as to why he's been created. <coughs> I, the, the hikmah, the wisdom behind his creation. He's opposed that. And thereafter, Shaykh Hosayn, uh, Shaykh Hosayn, was Ibrahim, who was Abu Al-Anbiya. Ibrahim is the Abu Al-Anbiya, the father of the Anbiya. الَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِ فَكُلُّهُمْ مِنْ ذُرِيَتِهِ وَلِهَذَا قَالَ جَلَّ وَعَلَى وَجَعَلْنَا فِي ذُرِيَتِهِ النَّبُوَّةَ وَالْكِتَابِ And due to that Allah Ta'ala mentions that we place by way of his offspring prophecy and the books and the book فَكُلُّهُمْ مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ حَفِيدْ إِبْرَاهِيمِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ إلى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم فإنه من ذرية إسماعيل فكل الأنبياء من أبناء إبراهيم عليه الصلاة والسلام تكريم له وجعل وجعلوه وجعله لا إمام للناس يعني قدوة قال إني جاعلك للناس إماما يعني قدوة إن إبراهيم كان أمة يعني إماما يقتدى به وبذلك عمر الله جميع الخلق كما قال تعالى وما خلقت جن وإنسا إلى ليعبدون فإبراهيم دعا, دعا الناس إلى إبادة الله إلى إبادة الله عز وجل خغيره من النبيين كل الأنبياء دعوا الناس إلى إبادة الله وترك العبادة ما سوى كما قال تعالى ولقد بعثنا في كل أمة رسولا أن يعبدوا الله وشنبوا التوقوت and so, Ibrahim, in relation to all of the Anbiya, all of the Anbiya were from Ben Israel. Except for, except for the Nabi Muhammad wasallam, As he was from the offspring of Ismail. So all of the Anbiya, Naam, were from Ibrahim السلام, and this is a, a, a means and a reality of his nobility Ibrahim who had the religion of Al-Hanifiyya and Allah Ta'ala made him an Imam for the people Allah Ta'ala states indeed I have made you an Imam for the people Allah Ta'ala states him and he's a man for the people, he's a kudwa, he's an example for the people. Likewise, Allah Ta'ala mentioned, Inna Ibrahim kana ummata. 
that indeed Ibrahim was an ummah, yani, referring to the ummah, meaning that he was an imam of the people, that he was their leader, and that he was taken as a means of example. And so, it's by way of that Allah Ta'ala commanded all of the creation with the, his worship, and I, do not cre- and I do not create the jinn nor the mankind except to worship me alone. And so, Ibrahim, alayhi salam, called his people to that. Just as others, than, other than him from the, the, from the prophets did so. And so, all of the Anbiya called the people to the worship of Allah Ta'ala. And leaving off the worship of other than him. As Allah Ta'ala states, and indeed, we have sent to every nation a messenger with the command, with the command of worshiping Allah Taala alone. So, the same way from the first day. وَمَا الشَّرَائِعَ الَّتِي هِيَ أَوَامِرُ وَالنَّوَاهِ وَحَلَالُ الْحَرَامِ فَهَذِهِ تَخْتَلِفُ بِاخْتِلَافِ الْأُمَمِ حَسَبَ الْحَاجَاتِ يَشْرَعُ اللَّهُ شَرِيعًا ثُمَّ يَنْسَخُهَا بِشَرِيعٍ أُخْرَى إِلَى أَنْ جَاءَتْ شُيَاتِ الْإِسْلَامِ فَنَسَخَ جَمِيعَ الشَّرَائِعَ وَبَقِيَتْ هِيَا إِلَىٰ عَنْ تَقُومُ السَّعَىٰ As for the shara'i, as for the different sharia, so the different rulings and the legislations that come, then these may differ. Naam. So initially all the anbiya, as Allah Ta'ala mentioned, وَلَقَدْ بَعَفْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رُسُولًا أَنِئْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَشَنِبُ الْتَعْفُودِ Indeed we sent to every nation a messenger to stay, to stay away from the false state. Uh, to worship Allah Ta'ala alone and stay away from false deities. Every messenger was upon that message. Every messenger was upon the message of calling to Tawheed. Every messenger was upon the message of staying away from that which worship other than Allah. Now, anything worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person would has to stay away from it and avoid it. That's the core da'wah of all of the Anbiya, without exception. As for what they came with by way of legislation, then it would differ. Naam, based on anyone from the prophets and messengers, it would differ. And the commands and the prohibitions, they may differ. The halal and the haram may differ. And so it depended, it was dependent upon each ummah, ummah, yani, each nation. And depending upon their hajat, in what they were in need of. So Allah Ta'ala could legislate a particular sharia, and thereafter, Naam, abrogated. And so, then, until the Sharia of Islam came, right, the Sharia of the Muhammad, of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came. And then this Sharia, this legislation, is one that will remain until the, the hour is established. أَمَّا أَصْلُ دِينَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَهُوَ تَوْهِيدِ فَهُوَ لَمْ يُنْسَخْ وَلَمْ نَعَمْ وَلَمْ يُنْسَخْ دينهم واحد وهو دين الإسلام بمعنى إخلاص لله بالتوحيد. and so thereafter this affair of the deen of the Anbiya what Anbiya were upon then their deen was Tawheed the original of the Anbiya was Tawheed and it will not and it was not abrogated and it never will be abrogated now there will never be something that will overcome Tawheed يعني. Their deen was one, and their deen is one of Islam. And so when we refer to Islam, 
we refer to Islam unit generally specifically. Generally is the the, the, the religion of the Anbiya, Kulluhum, yani all of the Anbiya. When we refer to Islam, it's the religion of all of the Anbiya and the call to Tawheed and stay away from the false deity. This is Islam. Naam. Then when we refer to Islam specifically, no doubt that we're referring to the religion that was revealed finally to the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu so this is the, the, the clinton between the two. You have the, the deen of Islam, which is general, and Islam, which we refer to it specifically. Now, so the ikhlas in bi tawheed. This is the deen of Islam. And it's in singular Allah Ta'ala alone, and having sincere ibadah for him with tawheed. As for the rulings and legislations, then it could, it is possible that they differ from time to time. Now, However, Tawheed and Aqeedah remain from Adam salam, all the way to the Anbiya. All of them call to Tawheed. Naam, and all of them call to the Ibadah of Allah. And the Ibadah of Allah is Ta'a. The Ibadah of Allah Ta'ala is obedience. In every time. In anything that has been, the Sharia has commanded with. Naam. And so, when a particular affair has been abrogated, that new affair now is ibadah. Now that new affair is ibadah. And so, acting upon the mansukh, the former ruling is not ibadah anymore. Now, does that make sense? So we have a ruling, and then we have a text that comes after it and establishes that, that ruling no longer exists. Then what is upon us to act upon a new ruling. Now the new ruling and not the old ruling. So when we had the that which is of the, the Sharia of a prophet that may have preceded the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu then upon the, those individuals following those prophets was to follow those rulings and that legislation. But when the Sharia of the Nabi came, I may have changed some of those rulings, or the, the rulings were different than upon the individuals that followed those new rulings, and that is a bad now. Naam, and it's not that a person can continue to follow those previous rulings to, and refer to it as ibadah. This is the reality of that. Allah Ta'ala A'lam. Thereafter, Sheikh Al-Fawzah, or Sheikh Al-Muhammad Abdul Hab, rather, he goes on to say, فَإِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَقَكَ لِعِبَادَتِهِ فَأَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْعِبَادَةَ لَا تُسَمَّ عِبَادَةَ إِلَّا مَعَ تَوْهِيدٍ كَمَا أَنَّ الصَّلَاةَ لَا تُسَمَّ الصَّلَاةَ إلا مع طهارة فإذا دخل الشرك في العبادة فسدت كالحدث إذا دخل في الطهارة and so here the Sheikh mentions uh, an example of something becoming corrupt and examples are mentioned you find examples mentioned within the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم you find examples mentioned with the speech of uh, the, uh, the Salaf you find examples mentioned with the speech of the Ulama what is the benefit of mentioning examples? So for example, we mentioned something, we mentioned a particular qaida or, or principle, and then we're going to mention an example. Now, it's the aid of the understanding of that principle. Now, in takrib al-fahmi, it's referred to. The aid and understanding of the principle. So the principle that we've mentioned previously now is that Allah has created us to worship Him alone. Allah Ta'ala has created us to worship Him alone. He's created us, Azza wa Jal, 
to worship him without any partners. Anything that is worship other than him is not regarded as being ibadah. Now, so then the Shaykh brings the example. He says, if you know, come to know that Allah Ta'ala created us, has created you for his worship. So Allah has created you for the purpose of his worship. Then know that ibadah is not regarded as being ibadah except with tawheed. So you cannot regard this action of being as being ibadah except with tawheed. So you cannot refer to it as being ibadah if it's devoid of tawheed. Naam, and of course tawheed, if you're going to say the action is, is, is upon tawheed, then you have to understand that that particular action itself is inclusive of ikhlas. That a person worships Allah alone without any partners. He does an action all sincerely and purely for Allah. Now, he mentioned just as here is where he mentioned the example. Just as the salah cannot be regarded as being the salah except with tahara, except with purification. So, just when a person, if he's in the state of wudu, performs a salah, it's a salah. If the person is not in wudu, and he does the action of salah, it doesn't mean he's not praying the salah. Because he doesn't have wudu. Like he's not in the state of purity. And so that's the same that is referred to here in relation to ibadah generally. And entering shirk into ibadah. So if shirk enters into ibadah, then it nullifies it and it corrupts it. Just as if an impurity enters into the act that affair of purity, it nullifies it, it corrupts it. Now, and so here the Shaykh he brings an example which is referred to as example which is Hissiyan. The Hissiyan, yani, so it's a literal example. So he has a literal example of uh, of the uh, Tahara now, in order to gain a, a better understanding of how Shirk nullifies Ibadah. Just as when you're in a state of impurity, it will nullify Naam Tahara. And the reason for that is because shirk, shirk is the a'adham of them usiyallahu bihi. This is the greatest sin. Now the greatest sin and action that Allah Ta'ala is disobeyed with. Now so that's Allah the, the Shaykh mentioned this affair and so Allah Ta'ala mentioned and not created jinn or mankind except to worship me alone Shaykh Fawzani goes on to say you're from ins you're from mankind so you are you are from those that are referred to in this ayah Yani you're the ones that are that are receiving this khitab, this address within this ayah. Naam. That Allah Ta'ala did not create you without purpose. Or Allah did not create you just for the mere purpose of eating and drinking. Naam. Did not create you for the purpose of just merely living in the dunya. Allah Ta'ala did not create you for this. Khalafaka. Allah 
So Allah Ta'ala created you to worship Him alone. And then thus He placed for you these things, these mojudat, these things that you have before you. Naam, food, drink, anything that you have by way of provisions to aid you with that affair of ibadah. Naam, and this is important. So when we reflect upon this affair that our existence with the dunya, our existence here in the dunya, when we look at the things that we possess with the dunya and the provisions that we possess, we possess with the dunya, we should treat these, these provisions as a means of aid for us in the ibadah of Allah. And the provisions are not the gold itself. The provisions are the Allah. The provisions are a means. The provisions are tools that should aid us in order to, in order to attain that goal. Which is to worship Allah Ta'ala alone. And so, it's very easy to get, to get distracted by the, the tools. Likewise, uh, Talib and Arab could be the same. You find individuals striving to seek knowledge. Striving to memorize. Striving in the durus. Naam, but he's upon ma'asiya. Upon ma'asiya, doing the tawbah. He, he, he continuously disobeys Allah. He continuously is an individual that disobeys Allah. Doesn't make tawbah for these actions. And thus, you see that his himma, his importance is just the gathering of the knowledge. I gather the knowledge, but the knowledge itself is a tool. That knowledge is the tool in order for you to perform the actions. And so it's important that the person has not become distracted by the tool itself. So for example, gathering wealth. Naam, you gather wealth so that you may spend in the way of Allah SWT first and foremost. You don't gather wealth just to have the wealth. I become distracted by gathering of wealth. Likewise as well, that was something you may see from, uh, you know, our, our brothers and sisters. Is that they may do actions and they say that I'm doing this action or I'm going to do this course. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, so that I can make hijrah. Now, but they may get distracted by the means. The hijrah is the ibadah. <coughs> the hijrah is the ibadah. But they get distracted by the means. So they may say that I'm going to do this course and there's, there's some haramatif in the course. But I need to do it to make hijrah. But we have the principle Al-Ghaya La Tubarriru Al-Wasila That the means does not just Or the ends does not justify the means The ends does not justify the means If you have the ends here You have to seek the means which are pleasing to Allah And don't get distracted by the means And understand that they are just a means to get there And so righteous actions In terms of four righteous actions You have to seek knowledge you to seek knowledge with those that are deserving to seek knowledge and befitting to seek knowledge under. And the Ahlul Sunnah, the Salafiyun, from the Imma and the, the Mashayikh. So you do not say that I'm going to seek knowledge from this guy because, you know, I don't really know if he's Salafi or not. Or I'm going to seek knowledge from this person. I don't know what his religion is. But I'm not going to say the good for him and leave the bad. But the whole purpose is to perform the righteous actions. So you cannot now take the means now, that are in opposition to the way of the Salaf of Salih in order to attain that goal. You have to be consistent in that. And so now, these mawjudat, these things that we find within the dunya, are all means that aid us. And should we take them as means of aiding us in our ibadah of Allah? Now, because we're not able to live except with these things. 
ولا تتواصل إلا عبادة عبادة الله إلا بهذه الأشياء. أبي لو able to perform and reach the words of Allah except with these things. نعم، and so Allah تعالى has placed these things for us in order to worship Him. ليس من أجل أن تفرح بها ونصرح وتمرح وتفسق وتفجر تأكل وتشرب ما اشتحت هذا الشعن بحائم أما العادميون فالله جل وعلا خلقهم لغاية عظيمة وحكمة عظيمة وهي العبادة قال تعالى وما خلقت الجن وإنسا إلا ليعبدون ما أريد منهم من رزق يعني so Allah تعالى not create us just merely to eat a drink just live this is the amr of the bahaim and the animals, the cattle as for the animals they, they just they live they eat and they drink Naam, they live without purpose and for many of them their, their purpose is for they need for food themselves as for us the adamiyun then our purpose is to worship Allah this is why we're here and so these, we, we have these things as a means to aid us with this which is a fair of ibadah because we cannot have we cannot live except without these things and so we cannot perform our ibadah except without these things and he goes on to mention Shaykh Fawzan goes on to mention the ayah وَمَا أَقْلَقْتُ جِنَّ وَإِنْسَى إِلَّا لِيَأْبُدُونَ not create the jinn on the mankind except to worship me alone مَا أُرِيدَ مِنْهُمْ رِزْقَ I do not want from them I the jinn nor the mankind risk Allah Ta'ala is not in need of provisions from them they've been created to worship Allah Allah is not in need of them, they're in need of Allah Ta'ala. Naam. So Allah Ta'ala did not create the ma khalaqa khalaqa lahu. So Allah did not create you so that you may earn for him. Naam, you may earn something for him. Naam. Or that you may collect money and save money for him as you find some of the they do they just collect they collect they collect Allah Ta'ala is self-sufficient he's not in need of the creation Naam is, is self-sufficient of all the creation as Allah Ta'ala states مَا أُرِيدَ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِسْكٍ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُتْعِمُونَ I do not need from them the risk. I do not need from them. Allah Ta'ala does not need from them any provisions. Nor does He need from them that He that He is fed or is nourished by them. Allah Ta'ala, as Shaykh Fuzha mentions, يُتْعِمْ وَلَا يُتْعَمْ Allah Ta'ala يُتْعِمْ وَلَا يُتْعَمْ Allah Ta'ala is the one that gives the provisions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that nourishes. He's not the one that is nourished. He's not the one that is in need of the provisions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghaniyan and ta'am. Naam, Allah ta'ala is ghani jalla wa ala bidati. Walaysa huwa fi haja ila ibadatik. Allah ta'ala is not in need of your ibadah. Naam, law kafart. Ma naqasat. ما نقصت ملك الله ولكن أنت الذي بحاجة إليه أنت الذي بحاجة إلى عبادة 
فمن فمن رحمته أنه أمرك بعبادتي من أجل مصلحتك لأنك إذا أبدت نعم أبدته فإنه سبحانه وتعالى يكرمك بالجزاء والثواب فالعبادة سبب لإكرام الله لك في الدنيا والآخرة فمن الذي يستفيد من العبادة المستفيد من العبادة هو العبد نفسه أما الله جل وعلا فإنه غني عن خلقه And so Allah Ta'ala, if a person disbelieves, you disbelieve in Allah, you've not now diminished the dominion of Allah, that which Allah Ta'ala owns. Nothing diminished from Allah Ta'ala if it's someone disbelieves. He's not in need of the ibadah of the people. Rather, the person himself, you are in need of him. Naam. You are in need of him and you are in need of performing ibadah for him, for, for Allah Ta'ala. You're in need of his rahmah. Allah Ta'ala is the one that commands you with his ibadah for your maslaha, for your benefit. Naam, and if you worship him, Allah Ta'ala will bestow upon you and grant you the reward. And so the ibadah is a, is a means, naam, is a sabab, naam, of Allah Ta'ala bestowing upon you and granting you that which is good for you in the dunya and akhirah. So who, so then the Shaykh mentions, So who is the one that is truly benefiting from ibadah? Al-Mustafeed from ibadah who al-Abid nafsu. The one that has benefited from the ibadah is the Abid, is the worshipper himself. Naam. And he is the one that is benefiting from the ibadah. Because Allah Ta'ala is ghani. Allah Ta'ala is self-sufficient, is not in need of the ibadah. Allah Ta'ala a'lam. Now, thereafter we have the example that ibadah is not regarded as being ibadah except with tawheed. Just as tawheed is not regarded as being, or just as the salah is not regarded as being a salah except with purification. إِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَقَكَ لِعِبَادَةٍ فَإِنَّ الْإِبَادَةَ لَا تَكُونَ صَحِيحَةٍ يَرْضَاهَا اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى إِلَّا إِذَا تَوَفَّرَ فِيهَا شَرْطَانٍ إِذَا اخْتَلَّ شَرْطٌ مِنْ شَرْطَيْنِ بَطَلَتْ and so we know this affair of Tawheed that Ibadah cannot be regarded as being Ibadah except with this, with this affair of Tawheed. And now, uh, in order for Ibadah to be accepted, two conditions have to be met. Two conditions have to be met. If one of the conditions are not present, then the action is batil. Now, the first condition is Shalat al-Awwal and Takun Khalisatun now, so the first is that it's sincerely for the seeking the face of Allah. When this ibadah is sincerely for Allah, there's no shirk within it. Now, so, if shirk enters into action then it nullifies it just as if an impurity enters into your, your state of purity then it nullifies it now so so this affair of ibadah if a person was to worship Allah then associate partners with him I commit shirk then that ibadah will be batted now this is the first condition the second condition is that a person has to has to follow the message of Allah in that action 
and do it in accordance with the way of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. فَعِي عِبَادًا لَمْ يَأْتِي بِهَا رُسُولٌ فَإِنَّهَا بَاطِلَ مَفْرُوضَةٌ مَرْفُوضَةٌ إِنَّهَا بَاطِلَةٌ مَرْفُوضَةٌ And so any action of ibadah that the Prophet the Messenger of Allah did not come with then it's batil, it's false and it is rejected لِأَنَّهَا بِدْعَةٌ خُرَافَةٌ وَلِهَذُ يَكُولُ صلى الله عليه وسلم مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمِلًا مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ عَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ الرَّدُ نعم and so anything that is not in accordance with the way of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم then it's rejected and it's bid'ah, it's innovation نعم and due to that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said that whoever does an action that is not upon my affair أي my sunnah then it is rejected وفي الرواية من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو الرد and in another narration that whoever invents an affair that is not or invents action an action that is not from our affair أي from our sunnah then it is rejected نعم فلا بد أن تكون عبادة موافقة لما جاء به الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم so the ibadah is a must that is, it has to be muwafiq, it has to be in the corners with that which the Prophet ﷺ came with. Naam. And so, it's not in relation to what the people regard as being good. Either the people's perception of good. Naam. Or what the people regard as being beneficial. Or the people regard as being righteous. Naam. Rather, and it's not only merely upon the niyat. The person says, I had a good intention. Doesn't matter if it's not in accordance with the Sunnah and the Messenger of Allah, so it's rejected. And person can't out say, "Now I have a good intention, so I'm going to pray Salat al six rakah," but I have good intention. Or people see, people regard it as being a righteous individual, so he prays Salat al Maghrib five rakah. Doesn't matter what people think. That was the maqaddam, that which takes precedence in the Sunnah and the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And so it's a must that a person adheres to these two conditions. إخلاص متابة متابة الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم حتى تكون عبادة صحيحة نافعة لصاحبها. So that ibadah is correct and that is beneficial for the one that does the action. نعم. And that there's no shirk that enters into it, so that the shirk does not does not cause it to be nullified. Nor does it become an action of bid'ah, an action which is of innovation, so it doesn't nullify it. نعم. Without these two conditions, then there's no there's no fighting in the action. Without these two conditions, no, there's no benefit in the person doing the action. Rather, it's not regarded as being ibadah. Rather, because it's not na'am upon, or it's upon other than that which Allah Ta'ala has legislated. And Allah Ta'ala does not accept anything except for that which has been legislated in his book, or upon the tongue of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَلَا هُنَاكَ أَحَدٍ مِنَ الْخَلْقِ يَجِبِ اتِّبَاءِ إِلَّا رَسُولُ صلى الله عليه وسلم. There's no one from the creation that we can say it's a must that you follow this individual except for the Prophet As for anyone else then they are followed and they are obeyed if they are they themselves are following the Prophet as for the one that opposes the Rasul, there's no obedience to him. Naam, you call Allah Ta'ala, Ati Allah wa Ati or Rasul wa Uli Abri Minkum. Yani, obey Allah, 
and obey the messenger and those that are given authority over you. Those that give given authority, those in authority, referring to the umara, the leaders, the rulers, and the ulama. So if they obey Allah, then that which is obligatory upon them, is obligatory, is that you obey them and you follow them. أَمَّا إِذَا خَالَفُوا عَمْرُ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَجُوزْ طَاعَتَهُمْ وَلَا تِبَعَهُمْ فِيمَا خَالَفُوا فِيهِ As for, as for if they disobey Allah, نعم, and they come to you with disobedience, then it's not permissible to follow them in that disobedience. نعم, if they come to you with disobedience. نعم, لأنه ليس هناك أحد يطاع الاستقلالا من الخلق إلا رسول الله. And there's no one that is, that is obeyed, يعني, uh, independently and alone except for the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وما أداه فإنه يطاع ويتبع إذا أطاع الرسول وأتبع الرسول as for avalad him then he is obeyed if he obeys if he obeys the messenger and he follows the messenger hence why you find in the ayah Allah ta'ala mentions أطيء الله وأطيء الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم يعني obey Allah Allah Ta'ala mentions Ati'u, yani words mentioned the word Ati'u, yani absolute, the absolute obedience for Allah. Now, without question. Allah Ta'ala commands us with something, we obey Him. Wa Ati'u Rasul. Again, Allah Ta'ala mentions the Fil Amr Ati'u, yani the absolute obedience to the Messenger. Thereafter, Allah Ta'ala mentions what? Does He mention Ati'u? Why does He mention the word Ati'u as mentioned by the Ulama and some of the Mufassirin? Due to the fact that this is not an absolute, non-binding non-binding affair of obedience. This obedience to those that are in authority over you is consequential. And it's something which is conditional. It's conditional upon them commanding you with that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Or commanding not commanding you with the disobedience of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now... Thereafter, we'll just conclude the the, um, the introduction. So, if you know that shirk enters into or is is uh, mixed with your ibadah, فإذا عرفت أن الشرك إذا خالت العبادة أفسدها وأحبت العمل وصار صاحبه من الخالدين في النار عرفت أن أحم ما عليك معرفة ذلك لعل الله أن يخلصك من هذه الشبكة وهي شرك بالله الذي قال الله تعالى فيه إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء وذلك بمعرفة أربع قواعد ذكرها الله تعالى في كتابه أسو شيخ الإسلام محمد الدوحاء mentions in concluding his introduction if you know that shirk if you, if you were to mix it into the actions, it would corrupt the actions and cause it to the action to be lost. Now, then, and cause the one that does the action to be from those that are abiding with the hellfire for eternity. Then you know the most important thing upon you is to have knowledge of that. The most important affair upon you is to have knowledge of the shirk. Now, so that Allah Ta'ala may save you from that and purify you from that affair of shirk 
and the shirk billah, as Allah Ta'ala mentions in relation to it. Indeed, the one is not forgiven if he associates partners with Allah. Now, indeed, Allah does not forgive the one that associates partners with him. But if he gives that which is lesser than it from, from that whom he wills. And this is the, the affair of shirk billah. I, we understand from that. Is there anything that's, that once you understand Tawheed, this is the ifadah Allah bi ibadah, a single Allah Ta'ala alone in ibadah. It's a must, it's a wajib, it's upon you to understand shirk. Naam. Bi'anna alladhi la ya'raf shay, yaka'afi. For if of course a person doesn't know something, he's going to fall into it. There's no shirk, he's going to may end up falling into it. Fala but al nakata'raf an wa'a shirk. Min ajli al tashjanibuha. Tashjanibaha. And so, it's upon you to understand that or know, have knowledge of different forms of shirk. So you may avoid them. لأن الله حذر من الشرك. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned against shirk. وقال إن الله لا يغفر عن يشرك به ويغفر مع دون ذلك لمن يشاء. Allah ta'ala warned against shirk. نعم. فهذا الشرك الذي هذا خطره. No doubt shirk is of great danger. And is a means of a person being or not be entering Jannah. Jannah being haram for him. As Allah Ta'ala mentions, إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ جَنَّةِ And indeed the one that associates partners with Allah, indeed Allah has made the Jannah haram for him. نعم. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ عَنْ يُشْرِكَ بِهِ And Allah, indeed Allah does not forgive the one that associates partners with him. And so this is a great danger. And it's a must that you have knowledge of this. Now, so that you face this danger, so you're aware of this danger, right? the danger of shirk. Because this shirk, now, is something where it leads the people's understandings and their, and their intellects astray as well. And we understand from the way of shirk by way of the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. And so, Allah Ta'ala has not warned against something except that He's clarified us, clarified it to us. And He's not commanded something except that He clarified and explained it to us, to the people. And so, shirk was not, is not seen as haram except that it was left mujman in general. And it's been clarified within the book and clarified in the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu with a clear explanation and clarification. So if we want to have knowledge of the shirk, affair of shirk, then we return back to the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa so that we come to understand what shirk is. And we do not return to the call of fulan and fulan, to what so-and-so says, and what each individual says. And so this is, alhamdulillah, the conclusion of the introduction of Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab for it's Khawad Arba. And so he's explaining the, the dangers of shirk, no doubt, and the importance of having knowledge of shirk. So that when these Khawad, these four principles come, these four principles come with a particular understanding and aids us in our particular understanding of that. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Jazakumullah khairan, ikhwa, wa barakallahu fikum, wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam. Just before we conclude, just as a reminder for the brothers that I intend to do the memorization, 
then uh, please put your names down on that group and, and uh, make sure you've got a pair, you're paired up with someone on the group. At the moment we only have one pair, so inshallah we need to... I have a lot of people asking me when, to, when they need to start and ask me questions about it, but they haven't, we haven't got any of the pairs in the group, so uh, the brothers should start that off inshallah. Um, have their names down on the list so that we can get that going. And as I mentioned, uh, inshallah ta'ala, when we come to the end of the text, then we may arrange something where we sit down and, and listen to, to each each one one of you, inshallah. And now, I'm